welcome to season three of the Chicago Justice Podcast. I really appreciate you being here with us. If you're listening to this podcast, make sure to subscribe. If you're watching us on YouTube, please smash the subscribe button and like this video. Thank you very much. If you're looking to get involved with the Chicago Justice Project, look no further, cjpnation.org. You can go there, find out about ongoing projects. Um, there's forms you can fill out to give us your information, and we'll be in touch shortly thereafter. If you're looking to support our work, the Patreon link will be in the show notes or in the notes of the video on YouTube. We'd really appreciate it. So what is coming up in season three? At least in the next several weeks, we have Susan Lee, Chief Strategy and Policy Officer at Chicago CRED, and also Chicago, former Chicago Deputy Mayor for Public Safety under Lori Lightfoot. For those that remember, she didn't leave in the best terms with the administration and some stuff came out with some leaked emails. You can go look for yourself. It's pretty interesting. Also, Jonah Newman from Injustice Watch talking about his reporting on the JTDC, Juvenile Temporary Detention Center in Cook County. It's fascinating. We also have interviews coming up with City of Chicago Inspector General Deborah Witzberg. We're going to talk about the white supremacy cop, whether the city should have fired him, what the city, the, the Chicago Police Department did or did not do in the investigation of his ties to the Proud Boys. And we're going to talk to 33rd Ward Alderperson, Rosanna Rodriguez Sanchez. Um, we're going to talk to her about her efforts to push the city to set up an alternative response to the 911 system, I believe, and we'll find out from her directly, but I believe she is looking to set up something like a CAHOOTS response. We've had uh, two people involved in the CAHOOTS program out of Eugene, Oregon, in Springfield, Oregon, on our program. That program, CAHOOTS, uh, has been going on 34 years now. I think that's the number. So when they tell you they can't do it or we have a slow walk at 34 years, it's been going in, in Oregon. Why can't it come? To Chicago and uh, and cover the entire city instead of like part time and part districts. It's kind of ridiculous. So we're talking to her. So that's what's coming up over the next few weeks. Today's show, we talked to Jonathan Silverstein. Unless you've been paying close attention, you may not know that name. He's a management analyst at the city of Evanston. So what he's asked to do with Chicago? Well, he authored a study ish thing that uh, I guess got made it into A.D. Quig's hands at, I believe now at the Tribune, but she may have been at Crane's when she read it, uh, I mean, wrote about it. She was talking, um, basically Silverstein's study is about how the city of Chicago has, this is not new under Lightfoot, let me point out, but the city uses budget maneuvers to hide what they're spending money on, specifically the CPD. So according to Silverstein, the city spends well over $3 billion a year on the Chicago Police Department. If you look in the official CPD budget or the city budget, you'll spend somewhere over a little over or close to $2 billion, just under $2 billion. Well, wait, there's a discrepancy. Yes, there is. And we're going to talk to Silverstein about how the city is actually doing that, how they're hiding it, and what that means for public policy. It's not an un necessarily uncommon thing, but it's something that shouldn't be done. And if Lightfoot was all about the change that she had campaigned on, she would be she would have already done that. Real quick, 
Ladies and gentlemen, let me remind you to please, if you're in Chicago, get out and vote. It's in February for the district council seats. That's part of the new community commission set up. Um, I believe there's three seats in each police district. Get out and vote for those. Otherwise, bad people are going to get those seats. We're not going to advocate for anyone as a nonprofit. We can't advocate for anyone in particular, but I do want you to get involved and vote. Also, remember to vote for your city council member, your local alderman, and the mayor's race. And before we get to our interview with Jonathan, let me just take a minute here to um, talk to you about something really important. You are, Chicago is getting inundated, swamped by the alt-right of images and videos of violence. Ladies and gentlemen, I can't imagine a violent act that hasn't already occurred in Chicago. Whether you see video of it or not, seeing the video does not make it more important. It's bad whether you see video and audio or images or not whether they speak to the victim's families or not. Don't be swayed by that. The alt-right, many of them hiding themselves out as um, media outlets in Chicago, they're pushing that because they want a reactionary, alt-right, far-right wing, almost insurrectionist-looking, if, um, if you dig far enough into their propaganda and what they're doing, they are really closely aligned ideologically with the people that were arrested at the Capitol, the U.S. Capitol. That's what they're pushing. This is new. This violence is new. Yes, carjackings went up. Homicides went up. Shootings went up. None of that was a record in Chicago, ladies and gentlemen. No. Carjackings may have come close, but homicides weren't. We had just under 1,000 homicides in the early 90s every year. The late 80s, early 90s. That's what we had. So don't be swayed by that. You see Paul Ballas especially, he is pushing this alt-right, in my opinion, get back, let the cops be the cops, take their, untie their hands, support them, whatever that means, right? And he's using images and videos to push it, and the people that are ideologically aligned with him are pushing that. The problem, especially related to Vallis, is he's probably got some really decent to good ideas economically, policy-wise. He's a wonk. He's tied to Daly, so can you really trust him? No. But he does have some interesting ideas, but they're being drowned out by the alt-right pushing this crime, 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 crime. And they're going to continue to do it. And it's going to be every day, every hour, every minute in Chicago until the elections. And then probably there on after, but you're, you're all going to get inundated with it for sure. Those that live in Chicago, for sure. You're going to get crushed by it. So don't be swayed by it. Gun violence, carjackings going down, all other forms of violence and crime going up. What do you say? Oh my God. No, ladies and gentlemen, I brought an op ed in Cranes. If you want to go search that, that talks a little more in depth about this. But what is happening in America right now, crime rise is crime is reverting back to the mean. What do I mean? We're, since activity is in life in Chicago and everywhere throughout the country is getting back to the way it used to be. All the violence levels are going to go with them. Violence and crime levels are going to go with them. So 
violence because of the pandemic and other reasons we can talk about, gun violence skyrocketed. Carjacking skyrocketed. Yep. Was that going to be a blip as we got closer and back to normal-ish? Of course it was going to go down. And that's not a pro-police thing or anti-police thing. It just is. The police have much less impact on any of that than we, we want to believe. At the same time, as we're getting more back to normal, people are going back into the office. They're commuting on, on uh, public transportation. They're commuting. They're out at restaurants and theaters and all these other things, nightclubs. Well, you, you go from stopping tens of millions, if not billions of interactions over a year and a half, and then the floodgates open and that people get vaccinated, and all of a sudden people are back to doing all of those things violently. Crime and things that did not spike are going to go back towards pre-pandemic levels. And that's what's happening. So Lightfoot talks, and for better or worse, you can take, I'm not going to tell you whether you should believe her or not, because I don't want to get involved in the election crap. Um, you know, balance is going down, balance is going down. Well, gun violence and, and carjackings are going down. But the alt-right is saying, balance is up 450% or whatever BS number they have. Well, yeah, those are going to go up when no one's leaving the homes. Sexual assault in the home probably skyrocketed, although people weren't reporting it because they were locked down during COVID and the plague, and you're worried about dying and getting sick and then getting your family members sick. So those numbers end. But like stranger attacks and date rapes, they plummeted. Plummeted. Armed robberies. How can you arm rob someone when everyone's staying home? Of course, they were going to go up. So don't fall prey to that, or at least don't fall prey to that and vote how you think you should vote, but just don't be swayed by the propaganda. There are reasons I'm sure we could all come up with to vote for some of the people and not vote for others. Just don't be swayed. Don't let it push you into a decision because you're scared. Um, because the reality is getting victimized is probably as likely now as it was 2017, 18, 19. And that's the way you should be voting in line with that. However, you would have voted then on these same people. Um, at least that's my two cents of it. Okay. We have this very interesting interview I'm going to play for you now uh, with Jonathan Silverstein. It's really pretty fascinating. Um, I had wanted to do this. I didn't understand enough of the budget and how things were hidden. Jonathan Silverstein worked for a couple aldermen in the city of Chicago. He also worked for like the budget office of the city council or something. So he was the person that would kind of know where all the bodies are buried to some extent in Chicago. So um, I'm going to play you this interview and I will be back with you afterwards. Jonathan Silverstein, thank you so much for jumping on the podcast. We really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So tell us, I know you worked for the city for a little bit. Now you're working for Evanston. Why did you now, at this point in your career and everything, do a report called The Real Cost of the Chicago Police Department? Sure. Well, this goes back to when I did work as an analyst for the city council's Office of Financial Analysis. I decided at that time to do deep dives into the budgets of the departments just really for my own use so that I could understand them better so that that would help me to be able to provide better reports on the city's budget. 
I started with the police simply because it's the largest department. And the first thing that struck me was that the that the police budget was more than 80% personnel costs, which just immediately seemed very strange because they have a lot of stuff. They have so many vehicles, they have so many of their own buildings, uh, that all these things that other departments don't have. So I started thinking about, well, what are the costs that aren't in the budget and or aren't in the police budget? And I, as the more I thought about it and the more I did this research, I started finding more and more of these. And um, I don't work for the uh, Council of uh, Financial, the City Council Office of Financial Analysis or for the City of Chicago at all anymore, but I kind of kept an interest in this because it seemed like it was something really important that was not known. And I kind of uh, continued the research and finally brought it to a point where I thought this is something that I can take to the public and that people should know about. And I guess to uh, kind of give the summary of it, the Chicago Police Department's budget is $1.9 billion. So that's a lot of money to begin with. It's $721 per person in the city of Chicago. So you think about that, you're paying more than $700 a year just for the police. But there, that police budget does not include the, their pension contributions, their employee benefits. It does not include the, the uh, construction of their uh, their buildings, their facilities. It does not include the maintenance or utility of their facilities. It does not include uh, the, the purchase of their vehicles. It does not include the fuel or, uh, or maintenance of their vehicles. And it does not include a lot of costs that go way over budget. And specifically, they do have a budget for uh, the settlements, the uh, legal <clears throat> settlements, but they've completely blown past that budget year after year, and they've completely blown past their overtime budget year after year. And so I tried to make an effort to really quantify all this and really, as rigorously as I could, actually either get the numbers or estimate the numbers in a very rigorous way. And I tried to be very conservative about it. If I wasn't sure to try and err on the, the side of estimating these costs too low, because I don't want to overstate the case. I think the, the, the reality here is strong enough that you don't need to exaggerate. You don't even, and uh, what it all added up to was that the, the total cost ended up being about 75% higher than what's in their budget. So, you know, instead of being a police budget of $1.9 billion, their real, the real police budget is more like one point, or excuse me, more like $3.4 billion. I mean, and it ends up being like, you know, almost $1,300 per person in Chicago. And so the, yeah. these, these practices, I just want to be clear, the budget shenanigans that is going on here, which is what this is. This yeah. is Chicago. They're yeah. doing this on purpose. These, right. these practices aren't new to Mayor Lightfoot's time. No, that, but, that is 
right? But, but, ladies and gentlemen, I want to get make that clear. But, and I'm going to be honest, Miss Change in, in, in the mayor's office, who's all about change and transparency and all this stuff, she hasn't changed this practice either, right? Mm-hmm. And I want everyone to understand that because that's important. She didn't invent it, but she also did nothing to change it. Right. Um, and I've always wondered, I am not a budget person, but I have always kind of wondered where those numbers were, right? right? Um, I remember under Ram, under Daly, they rebuilt a bunch of that, a bunch of the police stations, their own buildings, as you said they were. Um, and I always wondered where that money came from. In Chicago, you never really know it. Um, so what does it say about the city's financial practices that they budget, their budget is done this way? Well, I think at the very least, it's something that's not transparent. Um, I mean, in the budget, there is, you know, they, they have sections for each of the departments, and then they have a category called finance general. And, you know, every, every government budget is going to have something like this kind of finance general or non-departmental expenses or, you know, expenses that cannot be attributed to one department. And to a certain degree, that's fine. I mean, it's not just fine, it's unavoidable. But Chicago has, I think, really abused that uh, because it sticks a lot of things and that really are attributable to a particular department under finance general when it really just doesn't belong there. And I mean, why would contributions to the police pension be under finance general? I mean, that's something that's very specific to one department and that's, not that's just one example, but it's that's a very big example. Yeah, and it is. So, so I mean, you've got all this stuff stuck under finance general, and you've got also uh, this. So, so, so that right away is one thing that that makes it uh, hard to be transparent. And when they're talking about, well, we're going to give, uh, say, a new contract to the FOP. They, they'll tell you, okay, well, it's going to add this much to our police salaries. But you know what? When you're adding to the police salaries, you're also adding to, ultimately, the pension costs that, that you're going to have to pay to those officers. And in the short run, it adds to the pension contributions you're going to need to make. And so that's something that needs to be part of the calculation, but it's something that's shoved off to the side. And then there's a whole other category of things that like almost any government budget in in the normal world, they have kind of like an internal economy because they'll have a department of fleet and facility and IT and its budget will show up as being very small because it charges all the departments it serves. So that you know that, that this cost uh, for uh, vehicle maintenance, well, this much of it is coming from the police department, this much is coming from the Department of Transportation, and that way you can understand what you're working with and you can control your costs, and, and they're not just being 
jumped together. I, I, I will tell you this. When I worked for uh, COFA, for, for the City Council Office of Financial Analysis, I asked uh, the Office of Budget Management about how much of these costs for facility were attributable to each department, and they literally didn't know. And I mean, it's like, how can you manage your budget when you don't even know that basic information? So I went to uh, the Department of Assets and Information Services that does the fleet and facility at IT. They didn't know either, but I, I got to give them credit. They had the information to figure it out, and they were nice enough to figure it out for me, at least for a few departments, and I um, was able to use that they wouldn't do it for me now because I'm just a guy now. Yep, yep, yep. Is in a bungalow uh, who's uh, doing this as a hobby, but uh, but when I worked there, they they were uh, really good about compiling some information for me that uh, you know I was able to use in this report. Um, so let's. Oh, go yeah, ahead. I'm sorry. No, I was going to say I, let's. I just want to drill down on some of the line items specifically sure, where absolutely. that are not. Um, not in the police department budget. Right. Um, which is just, so as Jonathan said, contributions to the pension fund, both for sworn officers and I believe the civilian employees. Sworn right. officers, $973 million. Mm -hmm. That is yeah. off budget, mm -hmm. not in the CPD's budget. It's in the city's budget somewhere, but not right. in the CPD's budget. And if I'm right, this is that 973 million is from 2011 to 2021. Is uh, that correct? No, that is for 2023. That wow. Is uh, yeah, That's yeah. a billion dollars, ladies and gentlemen, not off the CPD's. Wow. Okay. 60. And so for the civilian employees, it's $63 million. So and, there, and, right, right there is $1.3 billion off the CPD's books. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, 195, and this just blows my mind. This one, I mean, the pension is obviously highly corrupt. And this is Chicago. They're not doing this unless it's for a corrupt beneficial reason. It, this mm -hmm. doesn't happen by accident, ladies and gentlemen, because someone would have changed it to where it most benefited the politicians. Um, $195 million in benefits for CPD employees. Now, can you, Jonathan, when you say, can you define a little bit, if possible, what benefits means? Is this like, I, I don't know, what does this mean, benefits? Well, mostly it means health health insurance. I mean, okay. the same benefits, uh, I, I mean, I don't, let, the, the, now the police do actually get, uh, a number of benefits that are unique uh, that that other yep. employees don't get, although those are actually in their budget. I mean, things like uh, I don't know the uniform allowance or the duty pay availability, which is just like a um, a, a payment they get for the fact that they're available for duty, which is well, isn't everybody's anyway? It's those, those yeah. things. These things are, are crazy, but they are in the budget, uh, in the police budget. Uh, yeah, when we talk about benefit, those $195 million in benefits for CPD employees. And, and, you know, the thing with that is since the city doesn't track that by department, they just lump it all together under finance general. 
I had to estimate this because literally nobody knows. I mean, I, I remember, uh, you know, I was just told FMPS, which is the city's financial management software, just doesn't track benefit use or uh, workman's comp or any of that stuff by department. And they, they, nobody knows, I mean, and it's crazy that they don't know, but, 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 but CBD has 40% of the city's workforce. So I said, okay, for, of, of what we're paying for uh, city employee benefits, um, about 40% of that must be for uh, CPD. million in CPD costs outsourced to the Office of Public Safety Administration. Yeah, Can you explain that a little bit? Okay, the Office of Public Safety Administration is an office that was a department that was created, I think, in 2020 with the idea that they could um, take over a lot of the administrative tasks of being done by the police department, the fire department, and the Office of Emergency Management and Communications, OEMC. And, um, well, I mean, that's a that's a, a theory that, you know, if there is overlap of these tasks, then, you know, maybe they could save money. Uh, the Better Government Association has done uh, some research on this, and they've found that it has not yielded savings because they're having to, you know, use just as many uh, staff and just as many resources as what used to be in those departments. But what it has done whether it's save money or not, is it's taken tasks off of CPD's budget. And those tasks still got to be done. They still got to hire people to do it. The expense is still there, but it's not in the police department's budget anymore. So it's like it becomes a hidden expense of the police right. department. It's and absolutely is exactly what it is. Right. But ladies and gentlemen, remember, as the last few years, the CPD budget has gone up, right? Lightfoot right. has increased it. Simultaneously in those years, whether this was actually under Lightfoot or under um, a manual there, $108 million from that budget went to the Office of Public Safety. But yet you never, we never saw the CPD's budget go down by $108 million. Precisely. Where did that $108 million, ladies and gentlemen, go? Oh, it's, this is like Chicago. It's just a shenanigans. $37 million in this. Uh, I mean, these should all shock us. $37 million in maintenance, utilities, and fuel for CPD facilities and vehicles. Ladies and gentlemen, the CPD budget does not contain keeping up their cars or maintenance or utilities for their buildings. What are you talking? Come on. Yeah, it's, it's insane. So, I mean, I looked at other cities because, you know, I knew the first response uh um that the city would have to this as well this is just the way government budgeting is done everybody does it this way and i looked and that's simply not true i mean um you know certainly you can look at all kinds of things about best practices uh you know what the government finance officers association does and certainly they talk about being able to the importance of tracking these expenses by departments but i look specifically at the five largest cities in the United States. So I looked at uh, Los Angeles and New York and uh, Phoenix and uh, 
Houston and uh, I don't know who, who am I leaving out here? What, what uh, the um, uh, Philadelphia, maybe I don't know, the, I don't remember uh, the other set. Well, okay, yeah, so um, uh, I, I you know, I actually did, did not uh, get, get around to looking at Philly, uh, but yeah. I looked at the other four of the top, the five largest, uh, New York, Los Angeles, Houston, and Phoenix. And basically, Chicago is really unique here. And now, New York, the, the, the biggest expenses that we're leaving out of the police budget by far are the pension contributions and the employee benefits. And New York City had the same weakness uh, on, on those two big things that we do. And... Uh, uh, they, they, they've been roundly criticized by, for it by a number of civic organizations, and, uh, and rightfully so. Uh, Los Angeles, Houston, Phoenix, they certainly included um, the, uh, the, the pension and uh, the, uh, the employee benefits as part of the department's costs, as part of the police department's costs. And I you know, looked at a number of cities, and it just seems to be standard practice. But beyond that, all four of them made the police department pay for its uh, its its utilities, its fuel, its vehicle maintenance, its uh, just all kinds of expenses like that. That it's just common sense that uh, you know that's that's part of the the cost of running the department. And actually, this is something I I need to add to the report because uh, it, it wasn't in the version that I sent you. Is it? Uh, this, this is. I, I was having a hard time as I was putting this together, confirming something that I had all that that I had been consistently hearing, and I finally was able to find confirmation of it, which is that the city of Chicago's buys its police vehicles through the capital improvement program, which is absolute madness because you pay for the capital improvement plan. By issuing bonds, which means basically we're borrowing money, and these bonds are, have terms of between 20 and 30 years, and police vehicles don't last 30 years. I mean, police vehicles don't last 30 years. These are vehicles <coughs> that are pretty much being driven 24 hours a day because, you know, the same vehicle is used in three shifts, and it's all city driving, and, you know, there's uh, some some pretty hard driving on that. There, to 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 uh, to take out a twenty to thirty year loan to pay for these vehicles is just financial irresponsibility, and that yet that's something we keep doing. Uh, now, in Lightfoot's uh, latest capital plan that she issued, frankly, I mean, you know, I'm not here to bash her. As you said, a lot of these practices predate her, but. In some ways, she has gone backwards from uh, from Emmanuel in terms of budget transparency. And one of those ways is that the new capital plan she just issued, it's like a 30-page picture book with just almost no detail at all. But, but it did finally at least acknowledge the fact that they're buying police cars with bonds and that... Um, and that uh, this is, I think it said uh, 
and they were bragging about it because, uh, you know, they've been. Maybe they do need to update the fleet. Uh, that may be a perfectly legitimate thing to do, but we should put it in the budget and pay for it with this year's money instead of borrowing. Um, so I'm seeing it's $250 million over uh, a five year period by uh, police cars. Um, so it's just not, it's not common sense finance, you know? I mean, you, you can pick out a 30 year mortgage for your house because your house is gonna last more than 30 years, but you wouldn't take out a 30 year car loan. Hold on one second, I'll edit the video. Sure. I gotta calm my dog down. Oh, sure. She's being a pain. Okay, just a couple, couple last questions. Sure, absolutely. So you talked somewhat about over budget, or I'm not sure over budgeting is the word, or going over budget. Yeah. Um, the two major categories are. Um, let's start with the first one: overtime. So from 2011 to 21, if I got this right, 458 million dollars over budget. Yeah, I mean. Um... Yeah, let me um, take a look here. Um, <clears throat> yeah, uh, let's see here. I mean, um, uh, I, I'm actually looking, yeah, from 2011 to, yeah, the, uh, that, that, that was correct. Excuse me. <laughs> the, the number you just gave is correct. Yeah, $458 million um, from uh, from 2011 to 2021 over a 10 year period because the at, at a certain point it becomes it becomes policy because like they keep you know canceling uh, 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 officer uh, time off and uh, making everyone uh, do all this extra overtime for <clears throat> All the times when uh, all the all the uh, times when they're expecting problems, or all the times that there's a surge in problems, and it's like, well, maybe it's necessary. I don't know. I, I you know, listen. You have a lot of people on your show who know a lot more about criminal justice and policing than I do. I I I'm a budget guy, so I don't know mm -hmm. that. Maybe that's a perfectly legitimate uh, money that they ought to be spending. But if so. They should put it in the budget. They should not be pretending that it's not going to happen. And what I'm really upset about is that for 2023, they're budgeting uh, $120 billion for overtime, even though we've already spent almost $200 million on overtime in 2022. So it's just like they're just hoping that that somehow somehow the number is going to just be magically made lower and i don't know i don't think they've done anything to make it to actually reduce the overtime they're just saying we're going to pretend that it's going to be lower and yet so so that's that's an expense that just consistently is above the budget if you're if, if you're spending that much more than what you have budgeted year after year, it becomes 
it becomes a matter of hiding it. I mean, like things happen, you know, if it, if it happened once, okay, that was a weird situation. If, but if it's year after year, it's like you're doing this on purpose, not budgeting for money that you know you're going to spend. Right. And it's 11 years. It's not an accident. The, uh, the legal settlements, you know, like. Yep. That's my next question. So the civil settlements, $677 million. Sure. Now, Under, is, is, they, yeah. they were over every year from 2011 to 21, except right. for 20 when the courts were closed. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and actually, you know, this is one area where um, I will actually give uh, Lightfoot uh, some credit because uh, she ra raised the budget uh, for police settlements to $82 million a year, which is actually realistic. So, you know, I, I, I put in, you know, my estimates for how much the real cost of police is going to end up being for 2022 and 2023. I show continuing over um, over budget on, um, on, on overtime because I think they're still not being realistic there. And in fact, for 2022, that's already happened. They're already way past their budget. And for 2023, they will be. But... At least he is being realistic in how much um, we're likely to pay out in police settlements. Now, the fact that we're paying out more than $80 million a year in police settlements, that's a problem that we maybe should find a way to fix. I mean, you know, and again, this, this, you've got a lot of people on your show who know more about that than I do, but I'm sure we can change something about the police department so that we won't have to, to pay uh, all that. Um, you would think, you know, when Rahm Emanuel, yeah. as corrupt as he was, yeah. he came in, his Steve Patton was his first, um, uh, he ran the law department. And, mm -hmm. you know, we met with him and he talked, it's all, I'm all about risk management. Yeah. And we're going to, when these cases come in, we're going to look at them very hard and we're going to very, be very honest. And cases that should be settled that we know we're going to lose on or should be settled. We're just going to settle right away because the city had a practice of waiting two or three years, going through all these loops, you know, um, hoops in court and then settling stuff that they knew they should have settled two or three years ago. Ooh. And there's a market for this, right? Because most, a lot of the money, cause this also ladies and gentlemen, this doesn't include how much they're paying the lawyers, both in the law department, and right. private lawyers, because a bunch of this is handled by private lawyers that's farmed out, how much you're spending on that. That came out a couple years under ROM, and it was like a hundred and some, uh, no, 40, 60, 80 million dollars a year they were paying private attorneys. So there's, you know, connected law firms that are making money off of those settlements too, not by getting the settlement, by, but like representing the police department in these cases that take a year or two or three. And I saw no difference. So I have no hope that the settlements are going down anytime soon, especially after 2020, 2021. Um, it's gonna take two, three, four years for some of those cases to get through court. So I would expect it to go way up. Um, it's mind boggling the amount of money um, that is gone. But look, I mean, you look, we went through this whole list, right? 970, 1.3, 1, 1,030,000,000, something like that in pensions obligations or not. 195 million in, CPD benefits for employees that's not on the budget. 108 million that went to Office of Public Safety. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, their budget didn't go down by 108 million. 
What the hell did that? Someone should have to answer for that. What did they do with that extra $108 million? It's not $5 million, ladies and gentlemen. $108 million got shifted to another office that they created out of thin air, and the CPD budget didn't go down to accommodate that. Approximately $37 million in maintenance, utilities, fees. I mean, come on, you're talking about, right? And then overtime, $458 million. Civil settlement, $677 million. It's unbelievable, sure. right? Well, I, I will... I will... You know, kind of close with one thought that some of these problems that I've identified with the way the city's budget, with the city budgets, kind of understates the, the cost of all departments. But as I go into it in my report, for a lot of reasons, it understates the police department's budget way more than any other. And it really does become a police specific issue at that point. And, you know, I uh, I would encourage you if, if you want to put a link on your website to uh, the report or anyone who wants to share it, um, you, you can get into the uh, nitty gritty details for yourself there. But uh, the, the, the police department really stands alone here as uh, something, uh, a unexamined cost center we'll just put it that yeah and there's been you know there's not much controversy or there's much less if there's any controversy about streets and sanitation or buildings um there has been much more public scrutiny and media scrutiny over the budget of the police department so there's ever more incentive to hide as much as possible right and um i love your report i also think it is, um, and I want to call this, if anyone in Chicago media is listening to me, you have failed. Jonathan is sitting here part-time, I'm mean, not part-time, but sitting on his own time making this report. How would all the police reporters and crime reporters we have in Chicago, where the hell have you been? It is 2022, and some guy sitting in his basement is doing this report, and it hasn't been done by the Tribune and sometimes. Um, B-E-Z, like, what are you people doing? Like, we shouldn't have to rely on the Jonathan Silversteins of the world to make this stuff public. Yes, he has a certain set of skills, but you could have, you know, found someone with those sets of skills to do this. We shouldn't be learning this in 2022. Um, one of those things that crime reporters, and I get, I complain about reporting all the time, like, going out to a crime scene and reporting on a crime is amateur stuff. Like, if you're going to be your beats the police department or whatever, you should know everything that you, that's in this report. And this should be reported on. This shouldn't come out in a report for a guy sitting in his basement. As skilled as you, I'm not trying to limit you, but these guys are getting paid to do these, men and women are getting paid to do these jobs. Um, it's just sad that it, it, it took you to do this. I think the report's amazing. Um, and I mean, like Mayor Lightfoot could have come in, my last rant before I let you go, Mayor Lightfoot could have come in and said, listen, we are not budgeting these things properly. I wanna do an honest budget. We are going to tell you exactly what's being spent on the CPD so we can have that conversation. We're gonna move things out of finance general and back onto the CPD budget, not back on, but for the first time ever on probably, and this should be there, and now we can have a conversation. But the fact is Lightfoot didn't wanna take the heat, she didn't wanna do it, because damn well, 1.9 billion looks a lot better than 3.4 billion. Right, and that's all of that is just very sad. 
um, because she didn't, like I said, she didn't invent the practice, but she hasn't changed anything. <laughs> Anyways, right? Um, all right. Well, Jonathan Silverstein, thank you so much for taking the time. I really appreciate you jumping on with us. Hey, it's been my pleasure. And thank you for, uh, for helping to spread the word. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, we are back. I hope you found the interview as interesting as I found doing it. I think it's just really an, I mean, it just really sheds so much light on what's going on. You know, we're talking about 1.5, 1.6, 1.7, 1.8, 1.9 billion. Oh, you know, just under 2 billion was the last budget this in 2022 or projected for 2023, I should say. But all along, they've all been lying to us. They have the numbers. They're hiding it in that general finance category. What has Lightfoot done to clean that up? Nothing. Why? Because she benefits from it as much as anyone else. And if her budget office and her were being as honest as everyone, they should have said, you know what, over the next 12 months after coming into office, we're going to put in a budget because we have to at this point because it's rushed. They get in at the end of April, I think, and then she's got to have a budget by September. But over the next 12 months, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to be putting out report after report after report, kind of taking stuff out of the budget general and putting it where it should be so that the city and citizens of Chicago, residents of Chicago, have a better idea of what each of these departments is costing us. And to be fair, ladies and gentlemen, remember also, and I harp on this in the interview, when they created that Office of Public Safety in the mayor's office, they took like 100 plus million dollars of normal routine activities that the Chicago Police Department management would do and put it in that office. And they didn't reduce the budget. So basically, in doing so, they gave the CPD a hundred and some million dollar raise. That should have gone in front of the people. There should have been hearings from the police and for public safety committee of the city council. That's what should have happened. But no, no. She pulled the same shenanigans Rahm Emanuel did, the same shenanigans Richard Daly did, the same shenanigans Jane Byrne did. This is just what these people do when they get in office. You know, and it really does. We're like, diversity, diversity, we need diversity. And listen, I am 1 million percent in favor of it. But is it just to get someone who's more diverse ripping us off? I mean, I thought the idea of diversity was they would bring in different perspectives, different, different lived histories, and then, by the way, make different decisions. No, I mean, I don't know if she handled it better than Ron would have, the COVID, but I'm telling you, there's her, um, her definition, let's put it this way, the Mayor Lightfoot, the candidates, definition of reform and progress. It's certainly different than Mayor Lightfoot's definition, for sure. So anyways, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning in. Remember, go to the Patreon, the link below, if you want to support our work. We'll be back with Susan Lee from Chicago Cred next week. We will be publishing every Wednesday this season. We'll be back at you next Wednesday.